Thank you for joining us for Dwelling Place Lithia Podcast. We hope this message will help you find your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. How's everybody doing? I'm on a little bit of a struggle bus this morning, so. Um. Sometimes it's easy for people just to, like, just say whatever they want to, but it's a whole different burden to try to say what you hear the Lord saying and hope you're right. I want to talk this morning uh, about the door. What is a door? There's a bunch of different things that you can apply a door to. Sometimes a door is an opening to a room or a house. Sometimes houses have multiple doors or rooms. Those particular doors are there. Your exterior doors are there to keep the honest people out. How many know those honest people will stay out, but how many know that thieves try to come and break the doors down? Even if there's a lock, they try to get in and get access to whatever is in the house. Sometimes you have a door because, like me, when I get ready to go to bed and there's too much noise in the living room or kitchen or other, I'll shut the door. It ends up being a kind of a barrier to keep the sound out, Right? Sometimes we need to shut a door so we can quiet what it is that's going on on the other side of the door. Sometimes a door is a means of access or participation. Sometimes you have to get through the door to be a part of whatever's going on on the other side of the door. Sometimes when We hear in Scripture where it says that God opened a door for me. It's not really talking about a physical door, but an opportunity. Sometimes it's translated door, but it's actually opportunity. So what is a door? Genesis 4, 7, I want to try to lay a tiny bit of a foundation here to get your thinkers thinking. Genesis 4, we have an account of Cain and Abel and the sacrifice and it didn't work out so well for Cain because he didn't bring something acceptable to the Lord. It says here in verse 7, after Cain had offered the sacrifice, Cain became angry because his sacrifice wasn't acceptable that the Lord said to Cain, why are are you angry in verse 6? And why has your countenance fell? He says, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. And its desire is for you, but you must master it. It's crouching at your door. I read it. 
in one place where it said that if, if you do sin, it says if sin is laid at your doorstep. Think about that. In your comings and your goings, it, it's at your doorstep. It's just ever bringing accusation against you. Thank the Lord for mercy and grace and forgiveness of the Lamb that takes away the sin of Jamie. Yes, I know it takes away the sin of the world, but it but you gotta make it personal. Because it's easy to think that somebody else is covered, but you're not. How many know that when Jesus says that, he talks about knocking on the door. He says, you know, the owner of the house went to sleep, and you knocked on the door, and the owner said, go away. And you kept knocking on the door, and the owner said, go away. And you kept knocking on the door, and you're like, look, I'm just hungry. I just need something to eat. He said, don't you know that owner will get up to shut you up? So he can get some rest. So let me ask you something. Doesn't it also work the other way when the accuser is standing at your door? Fine, I'll just do it just to shut you up. The opposite is also true. Let it be known that everybody who's standing at your door knocking isn't up to good. You must master it. In Psalms 1, 41, 3, and 4, it talks about the door of your mouth. Never really think about that, that our mouth has a door. David says here in Psalms 141, verse Three and four, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice deeds of wickedness with the men who do iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. The door of our mouth can sometimes get us in trouble. Sometimes, as the old saying goes, we need to shut the front door. Has anybody ever been in trouble by something you've said? Or it came out faster than you could shut the door so it doesn't come out? The Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is in you will come out of you, one way or another. I would submit that it would be easier to get that stuff to come out in private than it would to get that stuff to come out in public.
In Revelation 3.20, it, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, how many is tracking that all the doors I'm talking about so far are doors that are in you or a part of you? He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It isn't just a... Anybody here? Nobody's here. I, I, nobody's answering. I can't can't go in. Maybe tomorrow. The word there is, I beat a door with a stick to gain admittance. There's no question that he is beating on the door. It's, it's not a secret. He's beating on the door. I'm a, I know most Everybody in here, so I'm pretty sure that we've answered that call to the door. But there's no secret that he's beating on our door. But like I said earlier, there's also other people beating on our door. Or Paul says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities and rulers in dark places. And there's rulers in dark places that try to beat on our doors to gain admittance. To us. Going on in John 10, we have an account of Jesus in John 9, he heals the blind man. And the disciples asked Jesus, why is this man blind? Him or his parents? I've, I've spoke on this before, but anybody got an idea why, where they got the idea that him or his parents sinned? I'm going to help you out. Go with me to Deuteronomy 28. This is why it's important to read the Old Testament. Or what we call the Old Testament. In case you've never seen this before, Deuteronomy 28, 28. So Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessings that will come upon you if you follow the ordinances of the Lord. And then it goes on to tell you what the consequences for disobedience to the Lord are. Deuteronomy 28, 28 says, The Lord will smite you with, blind, with madness and with blindness and with bewilderment of heart. So they weren't just making this stuff up. It's in the scriptures, and they knew it. But Jesus says, Neither, but that the glory of the Lord would be shown. And so the blind man gets healed after God made some clay or Jesus made some clay and, and spit in it and put it in his eyes. How many want to have your eyes spit in so you can see? <laughs> so he took the clay and he made some new eyes. He could see, he healed them. 
And so it goes on to talk about how they brought him to the Pharisees because the Pharisees were deemed like the supreme being for everything that was going on at the time. So they brought him to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were asking him, how is it that you see? And there's others saying, ah, he wasn't really blind. Like this, this is a different man. He just looks like the man that we saw that was blind. So they started making excuses. And it goes on to say that they asked the parents, is this your son that was blind? You know, and how did this happen? They were like, you go ask him. He's of age. Because they were scared they were going to get kicked out of the synagogue. They weren't going to be a part of what was going on. Go ask him. So they go ask him twice. And he said, the second time they asked me, he's like, I've already told you once what happened, and you don't want to listen to me. Why do you want to hear it again? Because you didn't listen the first time. He's like, you don't want to be his disciples too, do you? Kind of a little jab at him. Y'all don't want to follow him too, do you? Y'all secretly want to follow him? Like Nicodemus? You know? A little jab. Well, then it goes on to talk about where Jesus in John 10, he goes on to talk about the sheepfold. Sheepfolds have doors. And he says that I'm the door of the sheep. What sheep is he talking about here? He says, I'm the door to the sheep. Well, he's talking about Israel. He's like, I'm the door to the sheep of Israel. And then he goes on to talk about, but I also have sheep that are not of this fold. That's us. Because we've been grafted in. So Jesus says that he is the door, and he says that anyone who enters through him will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And we know that this is a different door. This is not the same door as the door, let's just call to, your, to who you are and what you let in. It's not the same door. Sometimes doors are encounters in your life. How many is waiting for an open door in your life right now? You're waiting for something to open up. You're waiting for an opportunity to open up to you. Nobody? Anybody? <laughs> Sometimes I'm waiting for open opportunities and conversation with people for opportunity to share the gospel. Paul says to, to pray. In his letter, he writes to pray for open doors that they may share the mysteries of the gospel to those who are around them. How many of us pray, Lord, give me an open door today to share the gospel with those around me? Sometimes doors are encounters. In Acts 14, 27, it says, When they had arrived 
and gathered the church together, they began to report all the things that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Some doors are open and some doors are closed. Some doors are shut. Why would you shut a door? John, we have an account in John 20, uh, verse 19. We have an account of after they had, some had seen that the tomb was empty, that they went away into a house and they shut the door for fear of the Jews. They were afraid. Sometimes we shut doors because we're scared. Sometimes you may come to an open door that God never intends you to walk through. We, never, we know in Revelation it talks about that when God opens a door, no one can shut it, and when God shuts a door, no one can open it. But I tell you that God isn't the only one that opens doors. The enemy would love to open a door and have you walk through a place you were never intended to walk through. We have an account of this in 1 Samuel 24, 4 through 7, where David is being chased by Saul. And his men tell him whenever Saul goes into a cave to relieve himself, go to the bathroom. He had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> He's like, hey, this is the time that God spoke about. He said he was going to give them into your hands. So David went in there and cut off his shirt tail. And then he felt bad about it. And he spoke to his men. He ended up convincing his men that I'm not going to do this. I cannot touch God's anointed. But his men were like, hey, isn't this what God said he was going to open a door for you for? He was going to give you this opportunity. I would say that God was testing his heart. Because God isn't a God of revenge. How many times should I forgive my brother? 70 times 70. Right? So every door that opens isn't meant for you to walk through. But every door that's closed isn't meant for you to stay away from either. <laughs> Sometimes it's not the right season for that door to be opened. Says to be anxious for nothing, but with all things with prayer and supplication. So, within prayer and supplication, we can know, hey, this is the opportunity for me to go back and see if this door's open. And some doors have limited opportunity. I want to go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, we have the parable 
of the ten virgins and the oil. And it says here in verse, starting at verse 10, Matthew 25, verse 10. And while they were going away to make the purchase, first off, does everybody know the story of the ten virgins? Anybody don't know it? If you don't know it, go read it. And while they were going away to make the purchase for this oil that they didn't have, because they didn't have enough, because it started running out. They were going to make a purchase. The bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast. Into a door. They entered a door into the wedding feast. How do you know that? Because right after it says, and the door was shut. So they entered a door into the wedding feast, and then the door was shut. Later, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I don't know you. Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. Now we know what this is talking about. This is talking about the coming of the bridegroom and to be ready. We were singing, I'm getting ready. Sometimes we need a reminder to be ready because we get busy looking at all these doors that we have an opportunity to go in and out of. He says to be ready, but there's limited time. And they've been saying there's been limited time since my parents was kids. So if that be the case, then the time is really limited now. And it's getting more limited to have an opportunity to walk through the door. Sometimes doors have limited opportunities. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at dwellingplacelithia.org forward slash donate. We'll see you next week and may God bless you and your family.